Hello and welcome to a special Christmas episode of the Scrimber podcast. I hope it finds you well. My name's Alex and this week I gathered some of the Scrimber team to answer some fun questions from you, our wonderful community. We spoke about the origin of the name Scrimba. I created an editor for coding in Imba, which I called Scrimbla with an L. Our would-be celebrity BFFs. Isn't it true, pal, you basically bumped into Mark Zuckerberg? Yeah. And in the spirit of the Scrimba podcast, we discussed some of our mistakes that you can learn from. I was really upset about this. And then Michael was like, Leanne, it's not nuclear launch code. All that to come and more in this special Christmas episode of the Scrimba podcast. Let's get into it. Hey, my name is Alex and I'm a community manager at Scrimba. Hi, I'm Bob. I'm the head of education here at Scrimba. I'm uh, Matthias and I'm a full stack dev here at Scrimba. Hey, I'm Pierre and I'm the CEO of Scrimba. Hey, I'm Sindra. I'm the CTO at Scrimba. I'm Leanne. I'm a community manager at Scrimba. Hi, I'm Michael, and I do lots of things everywhere at Scrimba. Nice. Hey, I'm Abdullah, and I'm a developer at Scrimba. Okay, so we've got a special episode of the Scrimba podcast in store for people today. We're joined by the whole team, and we're going to run through some questions we got from the community. I thought just to kick things off, Per, maybe you could set the tone by sharing some of the most exciting changes we've made at Scrimba since this time last year. Sure, there's so many of them, because one year ago, we, we hadn't done any community events ever, I think. All of the activities you see on a weekly basis on Scrimba, like our town halls, the YouTube live streams, the, the expert interviews, the podcast, all of that started this year, basically. Or I think we had one podcast episode last year as an experiment. So the community has evolved tremendously over the course of this year, and also the team. I think this time last year, we had half an employee on development on Scrimba. Because Sindra, our CTO, was working mostly with Imba, the underlying language. And Frode had a lot of other obligations as well. So he couldn't spend all his time developing, meaning that we had half a person coding on Scrimba. And now we have actually Abdella, Matthias, Sindra, and Frode working on Scrimba.com, which is just amazing. It's, I think, 7x what we had one year ago. And of course, uh, we didn't have any full-time teachers last year. Now we have two with a third, Kevin Powell actually, coming on part-time from 2022. Oh, wow. Big news. Yeah. That's amazing. Do you remember how many sorts of users Scrimba had around this time last year? I'm just thinking half the developers of that number of users is probably an unheard of ratio. I think we had over 400,000 registered users at least, and between 50 and 100,000 monthly active users. So yeah, quite a lot for half a developer. Crazy. One question we got, I think, in the Discord community is if you were to have a celeb as your best friend forever, who would it be? Isn't it true, Pell, you basically bumped into Mark Zuckerberg one time when you were going for a jog? Yeah, <laughs> I did. I ran past him when I was uh, running uh, for a jog in Palo Alto. Couldn't believe my own eyes that he went around strolling without any security guards. I just scrolled past him looking 
probably pretty weird at the moment, like uh, staring, <laughs> staring him down as I was running past him. <laughs> he wouldn't be the celeb I would want to <laughs> spend the rest of my days with, if that's your question. Sure. question. Does anybody else come into mind as your celeb BFF? I feel like Keanu Reeves comes across <laughs> as one of the most empathetic, kind, and overall actual nice person in real life that I've ever heard of. But I haven't heard of any celebrities, and that's the only name I remember right now. So, <laughs> Leanne, I was wondering if you maybe bumped into somebody interesting in Wales. <laughs> in the pub once we saw, was it the local councillor or someone, Michael, who was filming a soundbite for the news. So he, he was stood there with a pint and talking about how Oh no, that was like... Um... Something is. Yeah, that was a local poet who was uh, who was yeah. making a, a tourism video for for the area. <laughs> That's a, our closest brush with fame since we came to Wales. No, I think like uh, I came on Instagram the other day. I actually saw that we have Jerome Flynn from Game of Thrones. He is apparently quite a frequent patron of a local co-working space. That is probably as famous as it gets. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's Bron from Game of Thrones. Okay. I think they were a singer at one, at one point too. So in Palo Alto, you have Mark Zuckerberg in Wales, which is not known as being a very happening place. You have a local poet and a fairly obscure actor from Game of Thrones. Uh, Christian Bale was born in the area, if that really? counts. But again, really, really strenuous connections. He, he was born with the traveling circus and he's never been to the place since. So <laughs> we're talking about the same Christian Bale, like Batman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's him. Christian exactly. Christian Bale was born in Halford West in Pembrokeshire and never been here back since. <laughs> the one that first comes to mind for me is Ryan Reynolds, but I don't I don't know why. He's just got such a strong personality, but he's so funny and uh and witty. Super charming guy. Does he have a twin brother or something? <laughs> he's got a bit where he pretends to have a twin brother. Oh, but it's I just think I've been both parts. <laughs> I really believe that. Another question we got in the community from generic Mike Chan on Twitter is about where the name Scrimba came from. And Cinder, we were really hoping you could chime in on this. So it's kind of hard to say. It's obviously related to Imba, the programming language. Originally, I think before Scrimba was even considered, I created an editor for coding in Imba, which I called Scrimbla with an L, Scrimbla. And I think I registered the Scrimba.com domain at the same time because that was also available. Original Scrimba was called Imbaverse in the beginning when it was supposed to be only Imba. <laughs> and then when we really started to uh, pivot into JavaScript and, and front-end stuff, I think we changed it. Wasn't it called Scrimbla at some point, Ped? Yeah, I, I actually searched in all chat logs and we it, it was called Scrimbla for a while. Yeah, I think we removed the L because it's just easier. And yeah. Scrimba is also kind of like screencasts Imba. What was the idea behind the blah bit? Is it like, because you're talking about code? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it was the blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Something, <laughs> Something like that. But actually Imba in itself had a different name before it was called Imba, didn't it? Yeah, that was called Dopio, like a double espresso. 
because that was the time when you had like JavaScript and you had CoffeeScript, Cappuccino, which was a, another framework. But I think there was, before I even gotten around to open sourcing it, I think there was someone else who actually released something called Dopio, but I don't remember that now. It's probably long gone. If you hadn't changed it, we'd probably had like screencast yeah. Dopio. Scropio would be <laughs> the name of screenbottedopio.com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm really happy with the name. It's like a made up word that sounds nice and is pretty easy to remember. And where did the name like Ember come from? Because that's the programming language that you created that Scrimba is built on top of. To be honest, I, I didn't really know about the term even. I was just talking to a friend many years ago and he talked about something being really Imba. And I wasn't into that lingo, but it's sort of a gaming gaming lingo, I think, for something being too good. So imbalanced. It's just slang for being imbalanced. So if uh, there was a new update of Counter-Strike or something and one weapon was just skewed and, and too good compared to the other ones, then that weapon would be Imba. And that fit perfectly for this language since it is overpowered. And uh, <laughs> it's kind of a secret weapon, so... I'm, I'm a huge fan of puns, whether intended or otherwise. And it also works so well that such a short word that has multiple meanings, right? Imbalanced in that you don't have closing tags for things, as well as it's yeah. enough. You, you get to do so much with the one, one language. Totally overpowered. Somebody nerf it. <laughs> yeah. And I think it actually means sing or something in some weird language. But I don't remember which language. If you were to win the lottery, what's the first thing you would do? What kind of luxury items would you splurge on? For me, just probably in the Apple XDR display. I just haven't bought it because I don't think I can convince Pet <laughs> to spend that money on, on a screen. How much does it cost? I think it's like $7,000 or something. It's just a tiny bit larger than the one I have and a tiny bit better resolution. So I can't really, uh, really justify it. Are we talking about like a scratch-off lottery where you win $10,000? Are we talking about like millions <laughs> or billions try, of dollars? Try. Try 10 million. So the XDR display is the first thing you go for. I'm not sure what else I would buy. 10, 20 million? That's not enough to buy a real nice boat, is it? Then you yeah, would have at least a few hundred. So yeah, what I get do you have in mind? For, the, for the screen. Maybe two. Two screens. For 20 million knock, don't even get a house in Oslo. Well, 20 million knock is much different than 20 million dollars. Of course. Yeah, good point. Yeah, let's say, let's say 10 million euros. For me, what I would do is... I'll just buy a farm, buy a farm and build a house there. And then I don't need the rest. Maybe I would invest it, maybe like give some of it charity. So you would need like a few hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The rest, like, yeah. I don't really need it. The good news is I'm starting a charity of Bella. It's the Alex Booker Fund. And whatever you don't spend on the farm, I'll be happy to take, I'll take the burden for you. It's okay. <laughs> but Sindra, what kind of boat would you have? Probably just a nice boat. Like a sailing boat or... More like a yacht. Like, like a mega yacht. Like Jeff Bezos' helicopter style <laughs> mega yacht. <laughs> no, it shouldn't be too big. It's the same with like mobile homes, like tiny homes. I really like the idea of like really clever architecture, fitting all sorts of cool things into, into a small space. So I wouldn't want it to be too large. How will you get like broadband to make pull requests on GitHub? Maybe Starlink. 
Starlink, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, I think one great way to use the money would be to, to join one of these uh, upcoming uh, space tourism services. That's a dream come true, like uh, be in the universe. Again, $10 million is too little. SpaceX did it with like six tourists or something. And I think the total cost was tens of millions per person. What do you reckon, Bob? Any desire to upgrade to the top spec Tesla, Insanity Mode, Dual Motors, every perk? My answer is so boring. I feel like I would pay off debts and put a bunch in uh, investments and then donate a bunch to charity. But I'm sure that I would get something probably like the, um, what is it? The model? the new Model S that's the uh, ludicrous mode. That's or no, right. it's uh, Plaid. Plaid, the Plaid S. Probably get one of those <laughs> just for good measure. What about you, Leanne? Any desire to invest in some luxury goods or anything like that? I was thinking about this after you asked the question. I would probably, well, first off, I'd give half of it away straight away. So I'm not tempted to just do something daft with it. So yeah, give it to various charities, I guess. And then I would hire a private driving instructor just for me to pass my test finally within a reasonable time frame. And yeah, I guess we could probably do with a new car, Michael, because our car is hilariously old and funny. It's a 2011 Renault. Well, obviously it's French, but we drive on the other side of the road, but they've only moved the things over to the driver's side that they absolutely have to. So for example, the windscreen wipers wipe the wrong way. So like, the passenger can see, but the driver can only see kind of half. And then the thing that opens the bonnet is on the passenger's side. And it's just, when you no. go anywhere remotely nice and you rock up with this clapped out car, it's kind of funny. <laughs> if I want 10 million euros, I would probably still keep it. It's kind of fun, you know, the, the juxtaposition of being a millionaire and driving like a one litre hatchback is just so hilarious. I don't, I don't know. I've always had the idea of if you get that rich to buy a limo and never have a driver, like you just use a limo as your car. It's <laughs> <laughs> really impractical and weird, but yeah. Would you have to dress up like a limo driver every time you went somewhere? No, mate, no, just be casual, but always in the driver's seat, obviously. Yeah, good luck parking that when you do your grocery shopping. <laughs> I know, I know, this is a Christmas episode, but I, I just can't help myself. I have to please remind you, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the Scrimber podcast. I'm telling you this because we have some epic guests coming up in January, like Danny Thompson and Scott Hanselman from Microsoft. Next up though, you'll hear from Ellie about how they dropped out of university and relied on Scrimba instead to join an ethical web development agency that only takes on projects that meet the team's values and ethos. I was getting pretty stuck, I guess, in my degree because it was so not front-end focused. <laughs> like we, we were working with PHP and like FTPing our files up to the server kind of thing. Like it's really outdated stuff, which is fine when it comes to say like base foundational knowledge because that stuff doesn't change. But when it comes to a class that is actually based in the like, okay, this is the language we're working with, we're trying to build something. It was not the best thing at uni. So that, that is exactly yeah, what drove me to look for other things and what yeah, led to finding Scrimbo. Back to the Christmas Q&A. Tyron, Sindra, what do you think if you won the lottery overnight and became 100 millionaires? What would that mean for the future of Scrimba, do you think? I at least would not stop working, that's for sure. That would never, never occur to me. I don't know. <laughs> it's a difficult question. I would at least stop doing the accounting myself. <laughs> Tr truth be told, Leanne helps me out a lot there, but uh, got to do some with myself. 
so yeah, probably so so take away some of these more boring mundane tasks. But uh, for for sure, I, I mean, I can't think of anything else or anything more exciting to continue working on than Scrimba. So would for sure continue. In that case, I have a question for everybody. If you weren't doing the job you're doing right now, what are some other kind of career options you would have considered in the past? Maybe you wanted to be a singer or a footballer or a chess player or something like that. Yeah, I would just go back to engineering, to be honest, or become a plumber. Become a plumber. Yeah. (laughs) Explain that, please. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, you solve problems. You know, people are pretty happy when you solve them. They get paid pretty well. So yeah, it looks like I, I studied I studied aerospace engineering at university. So I think I'll do something to do with like engineering and stuff. You know, when you're like on a desert and you're so thirsty and you see a mirage, as I understand it, you're having some like plumbing issues at home. I think you just kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, it's like, you know, woodworking is a little bit, is a little bit of a cliche, but um, yeah, plumbing is useful. I would, I would become a plumber. Extremely short-term thinking. Their plumbing yeah. is gone for, for one day. <laughs> That's how smart Michael is. It's quicker for Michael to learn to be a plumber and fix it than it is to wait for a, a local tradie to come and do it. I was just going to say to Michael, you do know that you have to actually clean up people's toilets and their plumbing when they when their toilets are stuffed that that's the day-to-day work of a, of a plumber oh you know could be worse for me there are two options so if i have the farm i might as well like just have autonomy on food and everything and farm energy food and, and all this stuff but the you know the first idea that comes to mind is to switch to teaching i'd love to teach coding because i love coding so let's switch to that it's quite interesting how scrimba typically attracts people who like to teach even if they're not exactly working as a teacher like liana michael i think you taught english before scrimba at some point i made a youtube channel teaching people how to code um abella you have a desire to teach and things i just thought that was an interesting kind of observation so i think teaching is a very good activity so you help people you see them advancing so i think it's very noble and you can see its effects on people and that's a feeling that's that cannot be replaced i think it's good to see effective of your work affect other people's lives maybe someone gets a new job he's not poor anymore you know education is a very good thing i think it's the best thing to do one of the best things to do yeah absolutely i've grown up around teachers my mom just retired and is now writing finishing the first of 12 fantasy books uh, but that's a whole nother story she has been a teacher for norwegian as a second language for asylum seeking kids in norway for my entire life so i grew up around that so definitely appreciate the power of education and uh, absolutely agree with what you're saying though it's a path out of, of poverty and that really is the the biggest thing as for me for the question itself I think I, I may have become a teacher, but I, I don't know if there's something I'm passionate about enough <laughs> that I would have wanted to teach it other than engineering. So probably an ADHD coach or therapist um, diagnosed very late in life, but I, I feel like I empath, I understand people, uh, have an easy time relating to people. So probably something in, in that sphere. I guess like the sort of fundamental beliefs and things you want to do, you can find different avenues for them. Building Scrimber and contributing to Scrimber is kind of a way to do it at scale, but very cool. You have the desire to do it one-on-one as well. Oh, go ahead, Per. So I actually know what I would have started doing if it hadn't been for uh, starting Scrimba with Syndra. Because I remember like five years ago when Syndra and I discussed starting Scrimba, there was actually 
two options I was considering in life uh, because I was working as a full-time developer and considered, should I join Syndra uh, with Scrimba or should I take the spot I had gotten or the place I had gotten at something called Recourse Center in New York, which is a super cool thing where you get three months just for yourself to do whatever you want. And normally it's about like exploring technical subjects. And I was really into like data science, machine learning, AI, these kinds of things. And so so what I wanted to do was just spend three months doing that and, and become better at data science and machine learning. And there was a real dilemma. I remember uh, like thinking, what should I do? And, and actually, at some point, I decided, I actually thought, oh, the code learning market, it's so hard. Can we really build anything valuable in this market? So I kind of was leaning towards going to that recourse center. But then I remember Syndra walked me through all of the technical parts of Scrimba and all the ways it's kind of uh, superior to, to video. And it was like, okay, someone has to build a company around this technology because it's just obvious. So then I was convinced. But yeah, so probably I would have continued down that path of data science and machine learning and worked within that. Do you remember those times, Sinder? Yeah, um, I had the same feeling as Pear, I guess, that I was just doing that as a hobby, hobby for a long time in the beginning anyway, uh, with the language and all of that. It took a long time for me to to realize that we could actually build a real business around it. But I, there was never a question in my mind that it had to be built. And it actually did feel like no one else would build it unless we did it. And that has turned out to be true, I think. Even if the product has been stagnant for quite a long time, I don't think there have been many good attempts at doing the same thing in other places. We are really fortunate to be able to actually do this full time. And we've been doing it for a long time now. But yeah, it felt so uh, obvious that we, we had to do it. Since this is the Scrimba podcast and we often talk about how to learn to code or break into tech or share our stories and our experiences, some of the things that worked as well as some of the things we kind of regret doing so other people can learn from our mistakes. I was hoping we stay true to the podcast and talk about some of the kind of biggest mistakes we've made as developers or in our career. Because most developers or anybody who's touched the code base has at least one story about a time that things went catastrophically wrong. I can expose myself first to sort of set the stage, I guess. Um, but I, I distinctly remember at a previous startup, I accidentally sent an email to the entire customer base and excluding people who'd unsubscribed and things like that. It wasn't really a coding problem so much as like a configuration problem with one of the tools. Um, but suffice to say, I got in a bit of trouble for that and I will never make the same mistake twice. <laughs> you can rest assured when I'm sending emails at Scrimber, I'm triple checking the audience these days. Um, but it's just one of those things. That's giving me a thumbs up. <laughs> but these are one of the things we live and learn from. I won't name the company, but it was right before a launch and we had no good version system for the thing that we were launching. And work was kind of dropped onto me last minute. And I, I just volunteered because it's kind of the way I am. So I, I jumped in, tried to help out. And in doing that, there was lots of communication I hadn't heard. And so essentially, I tried to do like a two-week project in, in two days. Essentially, it was an awful mess of like halfway version controlled structure in the code that was almost impossible to get out afterwards because everything was like layered on top of it for the release. And so I, I basically just introduced a terrible spaghetti mess by not saying no last minute. So lesson learned. Last JavaScript mess. We have a playlist of all of the JavaScript mess challenges and then the playlist which actually gets added to the course 
which gets a new challenge every day. And at the start of last JavaScriptmas, I basically linked up the wrong playlist so that if someone looked in the file menu, they could have seen all the challenges for the whole of JavaScriptmas. And I, <laughs> I realized I was really upset about this. And then Michael was like, Leanne, it's not nuclear launch codes. They're only there for like, I don't know, half an hour max. But this seemed like such a massive deal at the time. <laughs> Right after the most recent React course launch, it was maybe a couple hours in, somebody messaged me on LinkedIn, which I never see my LinkedIn messages. So I'm really glad somebody mentioned it. And they were like, I was just skimming ahead in the course and one of the casts is not edited. And my heart, like my whole stomach just dropped. I was like, oh no. And I went to the example that he was talking about. And yeah, it just had me like sniffling and like coughing and like doing all the stuff that you do when you're recording, stopping, starting giant breaks. And this was live. Fortunately, it was like he had just happened to be skimming ahead. And I don't think I've edited anything faster in my life. <laughs> and so that was terrifying. Not again, nuclear launch, like you said, Leanne, but it was scary. <laughs> I can relate to that all too well. You should hear me recording the, the Scrimba podcast intro. The scary thing about Scrimba editing is it keeps the original and it shows you where you've you know cut things out. And so part of me is always terrified that those are going to fail one day and suddenly all of the, the silenced parts or the cut parts are just going to go away and everything will be exposed. This probably shouldn't go on the podcast, but... Do you, do you know what we're going to do is um, every time someone said, oh, we shouldn't put this in the podcast or like maybe this shouldn't be here we'll edit and cut it just at that exact second <laughs> so people know they're missing out on something juicy but they'll never know what <laughs> silence yeah yeah, yeah. from your question i think i'm the clear winner here yeah so i'm uh, it's not too long ago i'm not gonna name the company but I blew up the, the whole community and uh, that was a huge mistake. I knew that was a scam, a trick. And I clicked just to see what it was. <laughs> Not knowing that I have already been tricked. So I was going to click and see and then ban the user. But yeah. <laughs> it's okay. We won't, we won't say the company name. <laughs> or a company. Oh. For the benefit did you say, of did you say the it was a Slack Slack server that was that got that got hacked or something? I don't remember that much. Yeah, I think it was Rocket Chat or something, some open source. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, they can probably restore it. I would assume at least the company that runs the chat service. Yeah. Obviously, they yeah, they're so, very able to restore of course, it. Of course, billions of dollars and. And there are like recipes for nuking chat servers all over the place online. I'm sure they have some sort of mechanism, at least to restore for, from the latest hour or something. At least they can detect that somebody, some bot is deleting 70 channels in one minute. You're a legend for mentioning that. That's so good. Anything else or should we move on? I remember, I think it was this year, I got an email from uh, like the tax authorities of Norway that we were too late on a report so we wouldn't be getting our tax break after all. And it was like $100,000 or, or something. That really got my heart pumping. But luckily, we live in a very forgiving, non-authoritarian state that... Uh, it was just a matter of sending a couple of emails and a couple of calls, and then they gave us that break after all. So we didn't lose $100,000. Gosh. But that was nerve wracking. I feel better with my email debacle now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just to wrap things up, as far as I'm concerned, I was thinking we could talk a little bit about what we're excited for at Scrimba in 2022. 
So I'm excited about the upcoming set of features, and we'll see how many of them and when they will ship, that will let our students learn from teaching. And so this is a very invisible thing in, in learning. Usually it's just to sit there and just stuff things into your brain until you can't take it anymore. But really, one of the magical parts, especially about programming, is that there's so much under the surface that it's really difficult to say that I know this, but you'll really experience if you know it or not, if you try to teach someone else. And the thing that's upcoming that I'm really excited about that covers this the best would be code reviews. So being able to code review someone else's scrims so someone else's solution. So all the great solutions that we're seeing, being able to get feedback and help someone solve their problem, not only in text and in our community, but also actually experiencing what is it like to teach someone or help someone resolve their, their scrim, essentially. For me, the thing that I'm most excited about is mostly on the technical side for Scrimba. And so I'm going to let other people talk about those, but code reviews is a big one. For what I'm working on, I think the improvements to the front-end developer career path that we're working on are really exciting. Right now, it's frankly a bit hobbled together, and we know that there are parts of it that don't quite meet the standards that we've been working on improving, like using the Scrimba technology for what it's really the, the meat of it, what it's able to do. And so I'm really excited as we go through and find either entire modules to replace or even just little additions like the solo projects that I'm working on now that I think will really change the developer experience. The React course has had really positive feedback and great kind of organic word of mouth surrounding the solo projects where people are just sharing their projects and they look cool and they work great. Those are all exciting things on the education side that that I'm looking forward to in 2022. I think uh, next year is going to be really exciting on the technical front because we've been doing a lot of things internally for a long time. We did work on a team-focused product, like a team-focused version of Scrimba for a long time. And the core editor has really not been really improved for years now, actually. It's been, I think, two years at least since we've had like major improvements to the core editor. And it's undergoing a full rewrite now, which is coming to an end, actually. There were already so many improvements and I'm really looking forward to getting it all out. That will also allow us to iterate much faster with the code reviews and, and stuff like that. And I'm looking forward to the Imba course, finally, which is probably going to be launched relatively early next year, I think, and to a uh, Imba documentation hackathon, which I hope we will be able to have in January or something. Lots of cool things coming. I think for me, one of the things I'm looking most forward to is uh, what have been mentioned here uh, a little bit already, but it is actually that seeing that our students are able to help each other by giving each other code reviews and thus helping us fulfill the vision of kind of like a Stanford level education at a membership level pricing. Because without students being able to actually help each other and give each other good code reviews and feedback, uh, that won't be possible. Um, it's an open, we know that it's super powerful when that kind of code feedback is given uh, from teacher to student, but it's actually never been tried student to student in the Scrim interface just so much more powerful than like textual code reviews. Maybe some parts of it won't work uh, in the first iteration. So we'll have to continue iterating on it and finding kind of the sweet spot of code reviews in, in the community. But I'm 100% sure that it'll be amazing once we nail it. Super excited about that. 
sites. I think one of the most promising things is having uh, backend support. I think that this is a very interesting feature, having backend support and hopefully starting using a bundler, maybe Vite in uh, editor. It's going to open up tons of possibilities. Screenbus is going to work just like you would have, you know, VS Code. So everything is going to be able to work there. That's more power. And I think Screenba is too powerful. <laughs> and we're underusing it in terms of teaching. We just started to, you know, scratch the surface of what we can do with Scrimba. I think there it has lots of potential in the future, and that really keeps me excited. You could even say that Scrimba is imbalanced. <laughs> yeah. Just like language. But yeah, she'll be very popular for mentioning backend support. When I kind of surveyed people for questions, that did come up a few times, um, to say the least. So very cool. What do you reckon? Like, Per, do you want to share any closing words as the CEO? I think that'd be cool. But if I'm putting you on the spot, just, just let me know. Yeah, so um, on behalf of uh, the entire team here, uh, we just want to thank you all so much for being a part of the Scrimba community. We wouldn't have been anything without our epic customers and users who continue to uh, use the platform to help each other and uh, bug us with uh, bug reports and uh, requests whenever we do something wrong. So thank you all for that and looking forward to see you all in 2022 for an even more epic year. And, and what, should, what should you do if you're enjoying the Scrimba podcast? Like and subscribe and share it with your friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We're all wishing you a very happy Christmas and New Year. Merry Christmas! Christmas. (laughs) Merry Christmas indeed. This is the 43rd episode of the Scrimber podcast, and it feels amazing to end the year on such a positive note, having had the privilege to meet and interview so many inspiring developers, as well as earn your listenership. As of the 21st of December, the Scrimba podcast has about 31,000 downloads, and I'm grateful for every single one of them. I'm saying the number here so that maybe next year we can look back at how far we've come once again. As I hope you will, as you continue your coding. Believe it or not, I will see you next week in 2022.